Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of creatives by providing practical advice and insight into the industry. This podcast series features creatives sharing what they do and how they got to where they are. This week's guest is Brendan Dawes, a UK-based artist and designer. I guess people might call me an artist. I hate calling myself an artist, but that's because I wake up every day with the whole imposter syndrome thing, probably like everyone. Rooted in universal themes, his work often takes the form of interactive installations, exploring both digital and analogue worlds. It might be software, I might do data visualisation, and I've just done a data visualisation thing, but it's all physical cubes on a wall made of fabric that is connected to the internet. His work has included everything from mini SMS printing machines to a bot that generates tangible creatures from live tweets. It's kind of hard when you're at a family wedding and trying to explain what the hell it is you do. It's like, they usually just walk away, to be honest. <laughs> okay, he's weird. <laughs> yeah, why can't I be a plumber or something? I left school at 16. I had no qualifications. I kind of School was kind of an irrelevance for me. And I wasn't playing truant. I was I was just like one of these people who constantly could try harder, you know. I just couldn't be arsed with it, I guess. I left school at 16. My dad was a photographer all his life, sports photographer. So I got a job as a, a, a news photographer in a local news agency. Did that for two years. And then I was always, always into computers. But I was into computers to make things with. And I got an Atari ST and that was like the music computer and I wanted to make records and I did a sound engineering course in Manchester and it was just as the rave scene was starting to happen. Graham Massey from 808 State was on the same course as me who would then go on to be 808 State. So it's a really exciting time. Yeah, and I, I got a record contract and, and made no money and and then worked in a factory for eight years, uh, drilling holes in fiberglass, making electronic circuits, but... We just put the holes in the boards. We didn't assemble anything. And that was because a friend of mine was a manager of an electronics factory and needed the money. And then my dad brought home, um, I wasn't living at home then, but he brought home this thing and it was a, a Macintosh laptop and it had this thing called Photoshop on it. It was Photoshop 2. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? I'd just never seen anything like it. And at the same time, there was a magazine came out called .NET, which is still running. It was like a preview magazine. It was about this thing called the internet. And I was like, what is this? You know, my, I'm going to talk in my talk about war games and how what an influence that had on me. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, you could put stuff on there and people would see it. So I learned, taught myself to make a website, taught myself Photoshop. And there was an agency, well, it wasn't even, it was like a web design company in Burnley. And I thought, I wonder if I could, email them and try and get a job. So this was in 96. And so I emailed them and said, look, I can do bits of web design because no one, you know, it's so new. You couldn't go to college and do it. No one had even heard of, you know, doing it as a career. And I said, look, I'm, I'm desperate to get out of this factory. And they took a punt on me and I, I had to take like a 50, I was on shit wages anyway, and it was 50% less wages. And my wife said, look, this is a way out. Maybe this is it. She's been amazing throughout my career. So yeah, I went I went there, became art director. We won clients like Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, Club 1830, Disney, 
did amazing work for Disney that people had never seen on the internet before. I mean, I was 30 at the time, but the rest of the team were just young lads. And we were just making stuff up. You know, it's all Flash-based stuff, so really interactive websites. And then I guess the defining thing of my career, we were nominated for an award. This award was taking place at a Macromedia conference, and it was at Euro Disney. And we didn't win, but there was this guy speaking like doing a talk and his name was Hillman Curtis. He lived in New York. He looked like Elvis Costello. He was originally from California and he was talking about Sol Bass, one of my design heroes. And I'd done a website about Sol Bass to try and get my name about. And I'd done it. It was all like Sol Bass graphics. And so I went up to him at the end of the talk and said, oh, Hillman, could you have a look at this website, please? You know, like some nerdy fan. And then when I came back, we just got chatting on the email. Just out of the blue, he, he said, look, I'm doing a talk in Seattle. Can I fly you over and come and do a talk with me? I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, in Lancashire. And we got the money together and I went over and um, I met his uh, publisher and met the uh, Flash Forward team who ran conferences and stuff. And that kind of changed my life. And I came back and I ended up doing a book with those publishers, two books. I then got on the conference circuit. He then invited me to New York and that that was that changed my life because I I was then starting to get known. I had an interview with Imaginary Forces in New York at the Mercer Hotel. It was bonkers. It was really bonkers. So that's that's really I won't bore you with the rest, but that's that that were kind of like the defining moment. So it's a it's a lot of luck and a lot of you know meeting people by chance, but recognizing that there's a an opportunity there and taking a chance and not being an idiot you know so people like you um yeah so it's it's i've been i've been very lucky after running his own digital design studio in manchester for over a decade brendan went his own way five years ago and has since collaborated with clients such as airbnb google and twitter and even has artwork featured in the permanent collection of new york's museum of modern art i like doing things i don't know how to do i don't want to you know, because it's easy to get these emails where they they want you to do a project like the one you've done, and it doesn't really interest me that. So I like doing things that, at the first glance, look a bit difficult. Or I, have, I have no idea how to do it. The one I've just completed for Price Waterhouse, um, which you know, you, Price Waterhouse Coopers, they're like massive global business consultancy, and you think, God, you know, surely they're super corporate, but I think. In these organisations, you you often need just a, a champion who who gets you. And they came to me direct and said, "We've got this data lab in London in our massive headquarters, and we've got this, and it's all fancy tech in the VR, AR, all the R's, and and then they've got this wall, but it was just blank. And they said, "Could you like create some data graphic thing, some like data arts for the wall? It's ten meters wide." So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come down to talk to you about it. And so we had a lovely meeting. And I said, look, I think we can do something a bit more exciting because as soon as you put a graphic on the wall, it's immediately out of date. So I said, why don't I do the graphic, but I'll do something on top that's interactive. And so I had this idea of um, cubes. So there'd be like, in the end, there was 220 cubes, all different heights, and they would undulate off the wall and each one had four LEDs in that could be any color. 
So there's 880 LEDs, all controlled by software that I wrote that would connect to the internet and it would display bits of data in a kind of abstract way. And um, and so that's, that's what we did. In the end, they didn't want the graphic. We just said, can we just have the cubes? And I said, yeah. And so that, I think that one, and it was incredibly challenging. It was cubes were fabricated in France. The circuits were made in China and everything was bespoke. So yeah, it was, it was really exciting and tiring, but pretty pretty proud of that one. One of the main things is be interested in other things other than what you think your field is. I was doing some work in an agency for Google and, and their idea of brainstorming was looking at other people's stuff. And I was like, it just drove me mad. It was like, how can original ideas come from that? You just, it's just really boring. So don't do that. You know, read other things and look at other things that are outside your sphere because they're way more interesting. Don't be an arsehole is number one, I think. Another little tip, don't reply to snotty emails straight away. I'm still trying to learn that one, but give it a day. <laughs> Calm down. Maybe they have a point about something. Um, but I think it's don't worry too much about defining what role you have or, you know, that, that'll come to you. It'll be defined in the work that you do. And put your work out there. Don't worry about it. A lot of people are sort of stunted by oh, it's not perfect, so I can't share it because there's people going to criticize it. Well, they're going to criticize it anyway. And, you know, you need to don't just, just get things done rather than getting them perfect because that'll come later. As a designer and artist, you never think it's perfect anyway because you just see flaws. So put your work out there, con you know, and constantly because it will come back to you. And I'm, you know, I talk a lot about the personal projects that I do that end up coming back to me in client projects because they're kind of, that's the way I show the world what I do and what I believe. And, you know, so I would encourage anyone. And, and of course, now you have the tools to do that, whether it's Instagram or Behance or Squarespace or whatever. Um, there, these are these amazing tools that people can use. Don't follow trends as well. Brands want to work with individuals, not the people who follow everything else. So I would definitely, definitely say that, but that, I think that's it really. Lecture in Progress is made possible by the support of a number of brand patrons. They include GF Smith, Squarespace and the Paul Smith Foundation. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Brendan Dawes. The producer was Ivor Manley. Check out lectureinprogress.com for more details. <laughs>